0: Forever
1: Dog. Welcome to Forever Dog. You can listen to this podcast ad-free on Forever Dog Plus by signing up at
0: foreverdogpodcasts.com/slash-plus, and make sure to follow us on social at Forever Dog Team and check out all of our podcasts at foreverdogpodcasts.com. Thank you for your support and enjoy the show. Welcome to Team Creeps presents Public Domain Theater. On this week's episode, part one of A Jury of Her Peers by Susan Glaspell, as read by Kelly Nugent, as reacted to by Kelly Nugent and Lindsay Katai. And now, A Jury of Her Peers.
1: When Martha Hale opened the storm door and got a cut of the north wind, she ran back for her big woolen scarf. As she hurriedly wound that round her head, her eye made a scandalized sweep of her kitchen.
0: <laughs> what? It was no Scandalized? Order. <laughs> She was like, oh, God, oh, God, I haven't cleaned in ages. She is a woman and she should be cleaning.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, It was no ordinary thing that called her away. It was probably farther from ordinary than anything that had ever happened in Dixon County. But what her eye took in was that her kitchen was in no shape for leaving. I fucking knew it. This girl, she ain't ready because her bread all ready for mixing. Half the flour sifted and half unsifted. Oh, your husband's going to leave you. I'm all alone. (laughs) (laughs) She hated to see things half done. But she had been at that when the team from town stopped to get Mr. Hale. And then the sheriff came running in to say his wife wished wished Mrs. Hale would come too. Adding with a grin that he guessed she was getting scary and wanted another woman along. So she had dropped everything right where it was.
0: Rude. This feels like one of those things where it's like, I'm... Going to start in the middle and then give you some lazy exposition mm-hmm. for what's going to be happened. probably, yeah.
1: It's actually so really ha-
0: common for the types of books we read.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so she had dropped everything right where it was. Martha, now came her husband's impatient voice. Don't keep folks waiting out here in the cold. She again opened the storm door and this time joined the three men and the one woman waiting for her in the big two-seated buggy. That's too many people in a two-seated buggy. Too many. Too many. That's a four people in a two-seat buggy. That's too too many. Who's sitting on whose lap? After scandalized. She had, scandalized. <laughs> she looked at the kitchen thinking about how scandalizing <laughs> that ride was going to be. After she had the robes tucked around her, she took another look at the woman who sat beside her on the back seat. She had met Mrs. Peters the year before at the county fair, and the thing she remembered about her was that she didn't seem like a sheriff's wife. She was small and thin and didn't have a strong voice. <laughs> bitch (laughs) mrs gorman sheriff's wife before gorman went out and peters came in had a voice that somehow seemed to be backing up the law with every word but if mrs peters didn't look like a sheriff's wife peters made it up in looking like a sheriff he was to a dot the kind of man who could get himself elected
0: (laughs) i've known one sheriff and one sheriff's wife this one doesn't look like those a heavy man with a big voice
1: who was particularly genial with the law abiding as if to make it plain that he knew the difference between criminals and non-criminals. And right there, it came into Mrs. Hale's mind with a stab that this man, who was so pleasant and lively with all of them, was going to the rights now as a sheriff. The country's not very pleasant this time of year, Mrs. Peters at last ventured, as if she felt they ought to be talking as well as the men. Mrs. Hale scarcely finished her reply for they were in a
0: two-seat buggy? (laughs) In this two-seat buggy- only too many people oh, need to be talking. I feel like they're talking below us, <laughs> we should also be talking. On every plane <laughs> of existence, there should be talking. <laughs> Mrs. Hale scarcely
1: finished her reply, for they had gone up a little hill and could see the right place now, and seeing it did not make her feel like talking. It looked very lonesome this cold March morning. It had always been a lonesome-looking place. It was down in a hollow, and the poplar trees around it were lonesome-looking trees. The men were looking at it and talking about what had happened. And how lonesome it looked. Lonesome. And how lonesome they felt at home because they did not speak to their wives. (laughs) (laughs) The county attorney was bending to one side of the buggy and kept looking steadily at the place as they drew up to it. I'm glad you came with me, Mrs. Peters said nervously as the two women were about to follow the men in through the kitchen door. Even after she had her foot on the doorstep, her hand on the knob, Martha Hale had a moment of feeling she could not cross the threshold. And the reason it seemed she couldn't cross it now was simply because she hadn't
0: crossed it before. Hmm? Huh? Hmm. This woman has a hard time accepting things that haven't already been. Well, I haven't done it! So how can I do it? Time
1: and time again. i Martha. I'm Martha and I can't decide! It had been in her mind, I ought to go over and see Minnie Foster. She still thought of her as Minnie Foster, though for 20 years she had been Mrs. Wright. And then there was always something to do and Minnie Foster would go from her mind. But now she would come. The men went over to the stove. The women looked, The women stood close together by the door. Young Henderson, the county attorney, turned around and said, Come up to the fire, ladies. Mrs. Peters took a step forward, then stopped. I'm not cold, she said. And so the two women stood by the door. At first,
0: not even so much as looking around in the kitchen.
1: I need to know what's in this kitchen! It's
0: the- <laughs> I'm also not getting any kind of a picture of the kitchen itself. The men talked for a minute about what a good thing it was the sheriff had sent his deputy out that morning
1: to make a fire for them. And then Sheriff Peters stepped back from the stove, unbuttoned his outer coat, and leaned his hands on the kitchen table in a way that seemed to mark the beginning of official business. Now, Mr. Hale, he said in a sort of semi-official voice, before we move things about, you tell Mr. Henderson just what it was you saw when you came here yesterday morning. And also tell me
0: why we've brought our wives... I always bring my wife to a crime scene, but why did you bring yours? I always bring my wife to a kitchen. Also, why is the attorney here? No one knows. (laughs) By the way,
1: he said, has anything been moved? He turned to the sheriff. Are things just as you left them yesterday? Peters looked from cupboard to sink, from that to a small worn rocker a little to one side of the kitchen table. It's just the same. Somebody should have been left here yesterday, said the county attorney. Oh, yesterday returned the sheriff with a little gesture as of yesterday having been more than he could bear to think of. When I had to send Frank to Morris Center for that man who went crazy, let me tell you, I had my hands full yesterday. I knew you could get back from Omaha by today, George, and as long as I went over everything here myself. I am not getting a sense of What? what the
0: fuck is going on.
1: Well, Mr. Hale, said the county attorney, in a way of letting what was past and gone go, Tell just what happened when you came here yesterday morning.
0: Finally, we're gonna know what happened. It has happened to me. We're gonna get the end of the story.
1: Mrs. Hale, still leaning against the door, had that sinking feeling of a mother whose child is about to speak a piece. Lewis often wandered along and got things mixed up in a story. She hoped he would tell this straight and plain and not say unnecessary things that would just make things harder for Minnie Foster. He didn't begin at once. And she noticed that he looked queer as if standing in that kitchen and having to tell what he had seen there yesterday morning made him almost
0: sick. There is a lot. There is a a lack of description of what is happening or what has happened. And there is a lot of description of what people's manner of speech Mm -hmm. or gestures seem to be like or indicate. But what is happening? I don't know. But he's holding his hand as if to say schools out for the summer <laughs> schools out for summer dun dun,
1: dun, dun, dun. <laughs> forever yes mr hale the county attorney reminded harry and i had started to town with a load of potatoes <laughs>
0: mrs hale's husband began oh potatoes <laughs> all has become clear <gasps> harry was mrs hale's
1: oldest boy he wasn't with them now for the very good reason that those potatoes never got to town yesterday and he was taking them this morning. So not
0: taking these fucking but side trips.
1: I know, what happened? <laughs> so he hadn't been home when the sheriff stopped to say he wanted Mr. Hale to come over to oh the right my place God. and tell the county attorney his story there this where he could all point it out. <laughs> we were there. We're there, and these are the people who are present. With all of Mrs. Hale's other emotions came the fear that maybe Harry wasn't dressed warm enough. What?
0: No, I don't care. They hadn't had
1: any of them realized how that north wind did bite. (laughs) We come along the road. Hale was going on with a motion of his hand to the road over which they had just come.
0: As if to say... (laughs) As if to say... I'm talking now, and I'm going to take longer.
1: And as we got inside of the house, I says to Harry, I'm going to see if I can't get John Wright to take a telephone. You see, he explained to Henderson, unless I can get somebody to go in with me, they won't come out this branch road except for a price I can't pay. Huh? Huh? I'd spoke to Wright about it once before, but he put me off saying folks talked too much anyway. And all he asked was peace and quiet. Guess you know about how much he talked himself. But I thought maybe if I went to the house and talked about it before his wife... (sighs) And said all the women's folks liked the telephones. And that in this lonesome stretch of road, it would be a good thing. Well, I said to Harry that what was what I was going to say. Though I said at the same time that I didn't know as what his wife wanted made much difference to John. Now there he was saying things he didn't need to say. I
0: agree. We agree. I agree Mrs. Myself. Hale, divorce your husband. <laughs> because he's not so good at telling stories. <laughs> stories. Stories. <laughs> Mrs. Hale tried to catch her
1: husband's eye, but fortunately, the county attorney interrupted with, let's talk about that a little later, Mr. Hale. I do want to talk about that, but I'm anxious to know. I'm anxious now just to get along to what happened when you got here.
0: Thank you. Well i saying it. <laughs> Same amen. Pitch.
1: When he began this time, it was very deliberately and carefully. I didn't see or hear anything. I knocked at the door and still it was all quiet inside. I knew they must be up. It was past eight o'clock. So I knocked again, louder, and I thought I heard somebody say, come in. I wasn't sure. I'm not sure yet. But I opened the door, this door, jerking a hand toward the door by which the two women stood. And there, in that rocker, pointing to it, sat Mrs. Wright. Everyone in that kitchen looked at the rocker. It came into Mrs. Hale's mind that the rocker didn't look in the least like Minnie Foster. Hmm? The Minnie Foster of 20 years before. It was a dingy red with wooden rungs up the back, and the middle rung was gone, and the chair sagged to one side. How did she look? The county attorney was inquiring. Well, said Hale, she looked queer. How do you mean queer? As he asked it, he took out a notebook and pencil. Mrs. Hale did not like the sight of that pencil. She kept her eye fixed on her husband, as if to keep him from saying unnecessary things that would go into that notebook and make trouble. Hale did speak guardedly, as if the pencil had affected him too. Well, as if she didn't know what she was going to do next, and kind of done up. How did she seem to feel about your coming? Well, I don't think she minded, one way or another. She didn't pay much attention. I said, how do, Miss Wright? It's cold, ain't it? And she said, is it? And went on pleading at her apron. Well, I was surprised. She didn't ask me to come up to the stove or to sit down, but just sat there, not even looking at me. And so I said, I want to see John. And then she laughed. I guess you would call it a laugh. I thought of Harry and the team outside, so I said a little sharp. Can I see John? No, says she, kind of dull-like. Ain't he home? Says I. Then she looked at me. Yes, says she. He's home. Then why can't I see him? I asked her, out of patience with her now. Because I've killed him. Because he's dead, says she. <laughs> just as quiet and dull and fell to pleat in her apron. I'm now realizing this guy probably has a Cockney accent.
0: Oh. Uh, I was picturing this as being in the States. Like, kind of doll-like. do it. Do the act. Any home, says I. <laughs> then she looked at me. When I read the second half, I will not be. Doing this. I won't do it. I'll, I won't do it. We won't do it. It's me. Your old pal. Eddie. <laughs>
1: oh, God. Eddie,
0: Eddie. Yes. Yeah.
1: Like, dead says I like you do. Like, it's. Yeah. It says I and like that kind of stuff. It's very. Uh, it definitely sounds like this is probably a Cockney accent. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) uh, dead, says I, like you do when you can't take in what you've heard. She just nodded her head, not getting a bit excited, but rocking back and forth. Why, where is he, says I, not knowing what to say. She just pointed upstairs like this, pointing to the room above. I got up with the idea of going up there myself, but this time I didn't know what to do. I walked from there to here, and then I says, why, what did he die of? He died of a rope around his neck, says she, and just went on pleating at her apron. Hale stopped speaking and stood staring at the rocker as if he were still seeing the woman who had sat there the morning before. Nobody spoke. It was as if everyone were seeing the woman who had sat there the morning before. And what did you do then? The county attorney at last broke the silence. I went out and called Harry. I thought I might need help. I got Harry in and we went upstairs. His voice fell almost to a whisper. There he was, lying over the... I think I'd rather have you go into that upstairs, the county attorney interrupted where you can point it all out. Just go on now with the rest of the story.
0: Well, I like my witnesses to point at things uh, so that he can definitely tell me all the right stuff. I like my witnesses to uh, be really disturbed. I like it to be like a little murder mystery reenactment (laughs) and I make them walk around a place. (laughs) Let's uh let's walk around on the scene of the crime. Yeah. And, uh, have get you ever really experienced that again? Putting steps all over it. Make sure you touch him up. Grab things. <laughs> Generally like shake your hair out everywhere. <laughs> well, my first thought
1: was to get that rope off. It looked he stopped. His face twitching. But Harry, he went up to him and he said, "No, nope, he's dead all right." <laughs> <laughs> Harry's Harry's heartless. Yeah. And we better not touch anything. So we went downstairs. She was still sitting that same way. Has anyone been notified? I asked. No, says she, unconcerned. Who did this, Mrs. Wright? Said Harry. He said it businesslike, and she stopped pleating at her apron.
0: She's like, look, I'm pleating at my apron. Can She you, can't stop Can pleating? you not? I'm busy pleating. What is pleating at your apron? Yeah, I can't tell if she's like... I guess she's just picking like at She's it? like folding at it? Yeah. She's folding
1: it? Probably folding it. I don't know, she says. You don't know, says Harry. Weren't you sleeping in the bed with him? Yes, says she, but I was on the inside. Somebody slipped a rope around his neck and strangled him and you didn't wake up, says Harry. I didn't wake up, she said after him. We may have looked as if we didn't see how that could be, but for after a minute, she said, I sleep sound. Wow, girl. I feel like
0: like maybe she did it. I feel like maybe she did it. I feel like maybe she killed him.
1: Harry was going to ask her more questions, but I said maybe that weren't we're our business. Maybe we ought to tell her her story first, the coroner or the sheriff. So Harry went fast as he could over to High Road, the river's place, where there's a telephone. And what did she do when she knew you had gone for the coroner? The attorney got his pencil in his hand, all ready for writing. She moved from that chair to this one over here. <laughs> Hale pointed to the small chair in the corner. Riveting stuff. And just sat there with her hands together and looking down. No pleading. I got a feeling I got to make some odd conversations, so I said I'd come in to see if John wanted to put in a telephone. What?
0: Why? What? <laughs> Are you the most boring dumb man alive? This guy is so brush. Well, you know, He's like, this oh, is oh well, awkward. So it's gotta be proper. Uh, how's that telephone working? <laughs> I know. I was just Are you enjoying the, the party line? I guess he won't need a telephone mm. anymore. So, uh, you like potatoes?
1: <laughs> is that we still and deliver those potatoes. And at that, she started to laugh, and then she stopped and looked at me, scared. At the sound of a moving pencil, the man who was telling the story looked up. I don't know, maybe it wasn't scared. He hastened. I wouldn't like to say it was. Soon Harry got back, and then Dr. Lloyd came, and you, Mr. Peters. And so I guess that's all I know that you don't. He said that last with a relief and moved a little, as if relaxing. Everyone moved a little. The county attorney walked toward the stair door.
0: Oh, he didn't make them go Back downstairs for the part where she moved chairs? No, I guess not. Otherwise, how could he have pointed it out correctly? No, they haven't gone upstairs yet. They're going now. What? I guess we'll go upstairs first, Uh, then out to the uh, barn and around there. uh... He paused
1: and looked around the kitchen. You're convinced there was nothing important here. He asked the sheriff. Well, there is that
0: third chair that she moved (laughs) to. Third chair is looking a little shifty. Uh, Keeps pleading. (laughs) Nothing that would
1: point to any motive the sheriff too looked all around as if to reconvince himself nothing here but kitchen things he said with a little laugh for the insignificance of kitchen things
0: martha Mm. was like fuck you i spend my life in a kitchen (laughs) i was scandalized by the state of my own (laughs) the county attorney was looking at the
1: cupboard a peculiar ungainly structure half closet and half cupboard the upper part of it being built in the wall and the lower part just the old-fashioned kitchen cupboard
0: okay and great as Did if she shove herself in the cupboard
1: <laughs> as if it's queerness attracted him he got a chair and opened the upper part and looked in after a moment he drew his hand away sticky ew what don't put your
0: hand in there ew it's the honey cupboard <laughs> that's where it's we one just of those that's where three, we pour our honey pour our honey in there <laughs> honey cupboard <laughs> That's such a good name. <laughs> um, the name of my new, new improv student. <laughs> they were honey cupboard. Yeah. Uh, we need a one-word suggestion to
1: start this story. Here's a nice mess, he said resentfully. The two women had drawn nearer, and now the sheriff's wife spoke. Oh, her fruit, she said, <laughs> looking at Mrs. Hale for sympathetic understanding. Is that why they were brought there to clean up the kitchen? <laughs> and they're like, this kitchen's a mess. There's fruit everywhere. She turned back to the county attorney and explained, She worried about when it turned so cold last night. She said the fire would go out and her jars might burst. Mrs. Peters' husband broke into a laugh. Well, can you beat the women held for murder and worrying about her preserves? Oh, fuck you. You are so fucked up. You make her care
0: about that stuff and then you laugh at her for caring about it. Also, she's gone crazy. What do you want from her?
1: The young attorney set his lips. I guess before we're through with her, she may have something more serious than preserves to worry about.
0: Eat a dick, young attorney.
1: Oh, well, said Mrs. Hale's husband, with good-natured superiority. Women are used to worrying over trifles.
0: Eat a dick, and then we will pickle them and put
1: them into jars. And hope that it freezes overnight so they burst out sticky.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's the dick cupboard. I'm sorry, the honey cupboard's on the other side of the kitchen.
1: Ooh, honey. (laughs) Honey pot. Vagina. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the two women moved a little closer together neither of them spoke the county attorney seemed suddenly to remember his manners and think of his future and yet said he with the gallantry of a young politician for all their worries what would we do
0: without the ladies oh don't worry about it we don't even have the vote yet so <laughs> you don't need to wear your pretty little young head the women did not speak
1: did not unbend he went to the sink and began washing his hands. Why? Oh,
0: sticky. Because they're sticky from on the honey Sorry. cupboard. From
1: that dick cupboard. He turned to wipe them on the roller towel, whirled it for a cleaner place. Dirty towels? Not much of a housekeeper, would you say, ladies? He kicked his foot against some dirty pans under the sink. There's a great deal of work
0: to be done on a farm. Look, she was being beaten by that husband. I guarantee, guarantee it. it. You're going like to like the, the way, way you look. look. I guarantee, guarantee it.
1: it. That's exactly the tone <laughs> and volume <laughs> with how that man says that. Yeah. There's a great deal of work to be done on a farm, said Mrs. Hale stiffly. To be sure. And yet, with a little bow to her, I know there are some Dixon County farmhouses that do not have such roller towels. Look, keep that up, and we're going to preserve your dick in a jar. Your dick is going to go we're gonna gonna in a jar. That. Cook that. We're going to sugar it. Cook it up. Sugar <laughs> it. Cook it, and then mash it. Masticate. Mess like it. <laughs> uh, he gave it a pull To expose its full length again <laughs> I'm
0: Sorry <laughs> I'm just picturing
1: him Just like yanking what on are his the penis. Odds? <laughs> What are the odds? <laughs> oh, okay That was weird <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. Those towels get dirty awful quick. Men's <laughs> hands aren't always as clean as they might be.
0: Everything just sounds <laughs> so crazy. It sounds like it's connected to a techno. Tick-
1: <laughs> ah, uh. loyal to your sex, I see. He <laughs> laughed. He stopped and gave her a keen look. But you and Mrs. Wright were neighbors. I suppose you were friends too. Martha Hale shook her head. I've seen enough of her of late years. I've not been in this house. It's more than a year. And why was that? You didn't like her? I liked her well enough, she replied with spirit. Farmer's wives have their hands full, Mr. Henderson. And then she looked around the kitchen. Yes, it never seemed a very cheerful place, said she, more to herself than to him. No, he agreed. I don't think anyone could call it cheerful.
0: <laughs> she was being beaten to a pulp.
1: <laughs> I shouldn't say she had the homemaking instinct. Well, I don't know as right had either, she muttered. You mean they didn't get on very well? He was quick to ask. No, I didn't mean anything.
0: She answered with decision. They are guarded as fuck. Yeah, they are British. I mean, <laughs> I guess that makes for a good witness because then you're not like building a case for anyone one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: as she turned a little, as she turned a little away from him, she added, "But I don't think a place would be any cheerfuller for John Wright's being in it." I'd like to ask you about that a little later, Mrs. Hale, he said. I'm anxious to get the lay of things upstairs now. He moved toward the stair door, followed by the two men. I don't suppose anything Mrs. Peters does will be all right? The sheriff inquired. She used to take in some clothes for her, you know, and a few little things. We left in such a hurry yesterday. Hmm? I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yep. The The county attorney looked at the two women whom they were leaving alone there among the kitchen things.
0: Why did they bring (laughs) them? To leave them alone among the kitchen things. Why are they there? Uh, yes,
1: Mrs. Peters, he said, his glance resting on the woman who was not Mrs. Peters, the big farmer woman who stood behind the sheriff's wife. Of course, Mrs. Peters is one of us, Hmm? he says, he said in a manner of entrusting responsibility. No Mm, idea. I do not know what's happening right now. And keep your eye out, Mrs. Peters, for anything that might be of use. No telling. You women might come up on a clue to the motive. That's the thing we need. (laughs) Wouldn't that be adorable? Wouldn't you, you women, find that? Mr. Hale rubbed his face after the fashion of a showman getting it ready for a pleasantry. But would the women know a clue if they did come upon it? He said. Oh. And more having delivered dicks himself for of you. this, he followed the others through the stair door. What a prick. The women stood motionless and silent, listening to the footsteps, first upon the stairs, then in the room above them. Then, as if releasing herself from something strange, Mrs. Hale began to arrange the dirty pans under the sink which the county attorney's disdainful push of the foot had deranged. I'd hate to have men coming into my kitchen, she said testily, snooping around and criticizing. Of course it's no more than their duty, said the sheriff's wife, in her manner of timid acquiescence. Shut up, you little mouse. (laughs) You tiny mouse, you're too small to be a sheriff's wife. (laughs) No, I expect big ones. Duty's all right, replied Mrs. Hale bluffly. But I guess that deputy sheriff that come out to make the fire might have got a little of this on. She gave the roller towel a pull. Wish I'd thought of that sooner. Seems mean to talk about her for not having things slicked up when she had to come away in such a hurry. She looked around the kitchen. Certainly it was not slicked up. Her eye was held by a bucket of sugar on a low shelf. The cover was off the wooden bucket and beside it was a paper bag, half full. Mrs. Hale moved toward it. She was putting this in here, she said to herself, slowly. She thought of the flour in her kitchen at home, half sifted, half not sifted. She had been interrupted and had left her things half done. What had interrupted Minnie Foster? Why had that work been left half done? Mm, he started to beat her? Mm-hmm. She made a move as if to finish it. Unfinished things always bothered her. And then she glanced around and saw that Mrs. Peters was watching her. And she didn't want Mrs. Peters to get that feeling she had got a lot of work begun and then for, someone, and then for some reason not finished. It's a shame about her fruit, she said, and walked toward the cupboard that the county attorney had opened and got on the chair, murmuring. I wonder if it's all gone. It was a sorry enough looking sight, but here's one that's all right, she said at last. She held it toward the light. This is cherries too. She looked again. I declare I believe that's the only one. With a sigh, she got down from the chair, went to the sink and wiped off the bottle. She'll feel awful bad after all her hard work and the hot weather. I remember the afternoon I put up my cherries last summer. She set the bottle on the table and with another lo- and with another sigh started to sit down in the rocker but she did not sit down something kept her from sitting down in that chair she straightened stepped back and half turned away stood looking at it seeing the woman who sat there pleating at her apron the thin voice of the sheriff's wife broke in upon her i must be getting those things from the front room closet she opened the door into the other room started in stepped back you coming with me mrs hale she asked nervously you you could help me get them. They were soon back. The stark coldness of that shut-up room was not a thing to linger in. My, said Mrs. Peters, dropping the things on the table and hurrying to the stove. Mrs. Hale stood examining the clothes the woman who was being detained in town had said she wanted.
0: They really cut that part. Yeah. Was there a jump? in the, in the No. In the page? So they just like it's went to the other the same room and they're like, Ugh. And then, the, then what's weird. Um... They were back.
1: (laughs) And we got the things. Okay. Um, Wright was close, she exclaimed, holding up a shabby black skirt that bore the marks of much making over. I think maybe that's why she kept so much to herself. I suppose she felt she couldn't do her part. And then you don't enjoy things when you feel shabby. She used to wear pretty clothes and be lively when she was Minnie Foster, one of the town girls singing in the choir. But that, oh, that was 20 years ago. Mm. With a carefulness in which there was something tender. She folded the shabby clothes and piled them at one corner of the table. She looked at Mrs. Peters, and there was something in the other woman's look that irritated her. She don't care, she said to herself. Much difference it makes to her whether Minnie Foster had pretty clothes when she was a girl. Then she looked again, and she wasn't so sure. In fact, she hadn't at any time been perfectly sure about Miss Peters, Mrs. Peters. Oh, apologies, God. apologies, wow. apologies, Scandalous. apologies, apologies. <laughs> She had that shrinking manner, and yet her eyes looked as if they could see a long way into things. This all you want to take in? Asked Mrs. Hale. No, said the sheriff's wife. She said she wanted an apron. Funny thing to want. For Clayton. For Clayton, she ventured in her nervous little way. "For There's not much to get you dirty in jail, goodness knows. But I suppose just to make her feel more natural, if you're used to wearing an apron. She said they were in the bottom drawer of this cupboard. Yes, here they are. And then her little shawl that always hung on the stair door. She took the small gray shawl from behind the door leading up upstairs and took a minute looking at it. Suddenly, Mrs. Hale took a quick step towards the other woman. Mrs. Peters. Mm -hmm. Yes, Mrs. Hale? Do you think she did it?
0: Is that where we're ending? That's where we're ending. Wow, it took her ten pages to get to Do you think think she she did did it? it? As though that's a revelation. (laughs) We know why we're here. We're all asking. asking. do you think she did it? Yeah. I've been asking that since the second I realized we we're going to that kitchen. It did start to like, pick up to you know where what? I was interested because I stopped uh, talking. Well, it picked up
1: when the men left. <laughs> true. It totally did because it's That's just true Because then they got to be them. Yeah, they got to be them. Interesting. Is interesting. I wonder if we're going to feel differently about the beginning of it once we get through. I it. hope
0: so. We're just doing a little cha cha in place. Cha cha, real da, da, smooth. Da, 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 da. So that was part one of A Jury of Her Peers by Susan Glassbell, suggested by one of our Patreon listeners. We hope that you are enjoying this. We will see you next week for part two. This has been King Creeps Presents Public Domain Theater.